are listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. On this episode, I chat with Bradley, who has been diagnosed with several mental illnesses. Throughout his life, he has dealt with some heavy life situations, and through it, has persevered to become a talented young man. A note about this episode, the sound quality is not up to my standards. This is something I hope to have remedied by episode two, so bear with me on this one. Now, join me in listening to Bradley's story. Hi, um, I'm Bradley. I'm 28 years old from Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, I was born here and I still live here. Um, I guess uh, tonight really what the host wanted me to talk about was some of aspects of my life, specifically uh, dealing with mental illness. Now, um it's kind of a lengthy <laughs> sort of story because my mental illness started our illnesses started when I was or started to manifest themselves as early as I was, I was about eight years old. Um, I think I had like anxiety and stuff as even younger uh, due to some <clears throat> outside uh, family issues Outside being like, they're, I guess when I say that, like just things that aren't inside of me, internal, just like uh, outside stressors. But um, I had some extreme stress in the third grade uh, with some more family issues. And I also have um, some family history of schizophrenia on my father's side, uh, pretty much every other person on my father's side, the family has schizophrenia and then, um, some addiction and bipolar and anxiety and depression on my mom's side. So what it, it was in, in fourth grade, I, I, I remember, um, it was actually just like my first psychotic episode. Um, and I think my most powerful one, um, so what happened from what I remember, <laughs> cause psychotic episodes can be very, um, distorted in my memory, but, um, is that I had some form of mania with hallucinations and paranoia. I was paranoid that certain family members were, um, wiretapping our home, even as just like a fourth grader. Um, I also was having some pretty, not just mania, but like some pretty severe depression too. As an eight year old, uh, I was, my mom reminisces on the part of my life where I would get down on my knees and beg God to kill me. But, uh, <clears throat> so I went to go see my therapist and my just, brain and behavior were out of whack and um at the time she was just like you know given what you have reported to me i need to go in the hospital so that was my first experience with the mental health hospital 
I think I was also like I got my first psychiatrist around that time after I was discharged, but I went for like a day program for about two weeks because I put up a big uh, emotional fight uh, for um, uh, when they wanted me to stay there overnight. But how old were you again? Uh, I, I think if I remember correctly, if I'm uh, arithmetic is correct, I think I was about eight years old. <laughs> which is kind of funny because like some of the uh, best parts of my childhood in the form of entertainment were coming out around that time, like Harry Potter and Pokemon, some of the most fondest memories, but it was certainly like um, kind of the starting point of my illness. And at the time I got uh, diagnosed with a, uh, bipolar one, I believe. Um, but the psychiatrist at the time was like, you know, she diagnosed a lot of people with bipolar. She didn't really know what it was. So, um, just called it bipolar at the time. And, um, also, uh, my other psychiatrist just said I had a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety and so on and so forth. Um, that was, very difficult even as a social aspect um with my peers uh because uh, i went to like a a semi-private school by that i mean it was a private school but in like louisiana when you say private school it's usually religious but this wasn't like a a religious school even though like it kind of had a private tuition so there are about 36 of us in one grade so everybody thought I was crazy, and like coming back the next year into fifth grade is when middle school started at our school was very intimidating. But luckily, I did okay for the rest of school after that, uh, up into high school, um, and gained some friends back. Um, though on high school, I did uh, have some minor episodes and stuff. Uh, I. I got on some heavy medication. I mean, I was on medication back when I was eight as well, but like, I remember just taking my medication every night in high school and, uh, didn't have like some significant problems until I was about 18. Actually, the summer after I graduated high schools when, uh, I finally figured out what was all going on with me with, uh, correct diagnosis and everything. And, um, so, uh, that summer, I guess approximately 10 years after my first uh, mental uh, mental hospital institution uh, visit, I had another one. And that summer, I think it was a pretty bad experience um, at that time because uh, the place I went – was in disarray and a very, a lot of unprofessionalism and a lot of bad communications between patients and professionals. There just felt like there was a wall, like they were on a pedestal and we were lesser than them with certain professionals that were there. And uh, I had some really bad side effects of my medication. Um, but I did come out with, um, main diagnosis of my mental illness, which is schizoaffective, uh, bipolar type for those of you who don't know is um basically if you take the diagnosis criteria of schizophrenia and the diagnosis criteria of bipolar you would have schizoaffective bipolar type because a lot of schizophrenics will have very flat emotions uh 
but with schizoaffective, you have an um, uh, emotional uh, problems as well. So your emotions are definitely not flat unless you're in some sort of depression. And then uh, I guess the third time I went to the mental hospital was that was about uh, 2016, which was a great experience. Actually, I learned a lot, had a good doctor, and uh, I took a, a like 600 page psychological test. Wow. Where thereafter I had to not 600 pages. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Oh, 600, 600 questions. <laughs> 600 questions. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Um, and then I had to draw pictures and stuff, but which confirmed the diagnosis of schizoaffective bipolar type, but also added journalized anxiety disorder and PTSD uh, chronic, which basically means I've just had it for a long time. But there's so many different variables about medication, creativity, and mental illness, creativity, which is what I'm very passionate about. Um, medication can obviously dull some creative aspects as well as mental illness, but uh, uh, mental illness can also bring out some of the best creative things inside of me are those who are creatives and mentally ill. Um, I mean, I make music, I, uh, I draw, I paint, uh, you know, I, I just... I do anything I can. I can make funny videos. I like to do comedy, but um, sometimes, you know, the depression or the anxiety or the um, the medication will just kind of be a hurdle for expressing myself in my full capacity. Right now, I'm working on a book. Actually, I kind of um, took a pause on the music for now just to buckle down and finish this book. So I'm like um, throwing myself into the literature right now and. Uh, that keeps me at peace mostly because my days are usually not filled with work or school because I'm on disability. But uh, that has been a lonely life at some points that I have seemed to have come to peace with, with different spirituality, art, and some um, mental and physical uh, aid for, for, for my mental and physical health. Is your uh, book about you or is it a fiction it's actually fiction. It's not uh, – when I was younger, and I think up to I was like a teenager, like I used to have this really weird habit of pacing. And I don't know if it was rooted in anxiety, but like I would constantly come up with stories. And some of those aspects of the stories when I was younger is kind of rooted in that. So I definitely – it's like a um, – it's kind of like one of those fantasy stories where someone crosses over from this world into the next – uh, into like a fantastical world and um, I really want to add a component to what I think is kind of boring and some of stories like that is that uh, is not really a question of what is this and what does this world mean and how can we defeat the evil power but more of like what it is and what it means to be human and what would it really be like the effects mentally on people if they were to truly go into this other world uh even though it deals with some young teenagers like 18 and 19 years old uh <laughs> so that's what i'm working on right now and i hope to be a trilogy of books or hopefully more if people enjoy them enough or i feel like the story needs to go on a bit longer well you'll certainly need to come back on the show to talk a little bit about your book once you finish it Oh, definitely, definitely. That would be great. Uh, let's go back a little bit. I, what is your PTSD stem from? Is that what something happened in your life that you have that, or is it just a, a, a part of your 
schizoid, um, your schizophrenic. Well, um, yeah, um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> Uh, I just gotta just like going through Rolodex in my head of what I can say. Uh, basically, there was some an emotional abuse by someone who was uh, not really like um not directly with my family, but like it was like a uh, some sort of parent parental figure uh, involved with my father that uh, was quite quite terrifying when I was over there and. It was very, very constant, and it ex- it kind of like exacerbated my anxiety. And um, I told you know the psychiatrist at the time when I was at the hospital about all that. And so when I looked at my discharge paper, I realized that's like, oh, PTSD. I mean, that explain all these nightmares I have and these flashbacks and avoidant of certain places and certain times. <laughs> so yeah, that it does stem from something that happened, but it was over such a long period of time, and I, it's still with me. Describe to us what uh, a psychotic episode is like. Oh, boy. Well, I, uh, kind of like a disclaimer here. My um, my psychiatrist now says I have very good insight. And what that means is like I can tell when my psychotic symptoms are taking form. But... A lot of people, when they first have like their first psychosis or other psychotic symptoms, don't have good insight. They don't know whatever is happening in their mind isn't real. So when I want to describe it, I think back to my first time, and that's when I was eight. And it's just like this um, – in my head, it's this like this fantastical, not wonderful, but like just this like – crazy different world that you just slowly had slipped into without noticing too easily and it's like and it's all you you kind of are aware that it's like it's all happening in your head but like your everything about your head is distorted and that is like your every thought you have is based on the psychosis and um to me what it feels like is it feels a manic psychotic episode feels very hot and like I feel like a literal burning sensation but a more schizophrenic uh well actually go backing up when the manic kicks in and I just have these highs and this sense of euphoria and being godlike it's almost scary when I have a little insight and I'm like oh no I'm about to go over the edge I need to adjust my medication or talk to my doctor or something like that or take my medication because I haven't been taking it. But like the schizophrenic stuff, that's like um, – that feels kind of like cold and dead on the inside. Um, and everything around me is like a fun house. And even like my mind feels like a fun house because I remember one time I forgot my medication and like I was I – I couldn't sleep. So I woke up and time was like just not like existent. Like there was no average uh, normal passage of time. So I was like headed towards my bathroom and like the uh, if you ever been inside those entrances to fun houses at the fair where the like the walls are moving like upside down and everything it, and like and you look in the mirrors and you see twist like twisted versions of your body. It was just felt like that just walking down the hall. So 
my I usually have visual hallucinations. Um, I don't really hear voices that much, and a lot, a lot of paranoia. So yeah, I mean, like that's my experience with psychosis. I don't get very um aggravated when I'm psychotic, but I do get aggravated because of my mood disorder, which is I think by definition called agitation. And I think it's also exacerbated by my anxiety, but I have like coping skills. I've learned to deal with that. But yeah, psychosis is just, it's frightening. It's weird. And it's just like, you're completely non-functional and potentially sometimes you could be a danger to yourself if you um, aren't, if someone doesn't intervene or try to get you get help because you can be you you can go so far off a of reality that like nothing makes sense it's like definitely it's definitely comparable to like a, a very strong psychedelic drug <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh in 2016 when you were hospitalized what is that process like oh boy um well the process was scary at first i I think anytime you go in the hospital is definitely scary, um, especially for me because like I was very very I was having like panic attacks left and right, and I was very very depressed. And um, but um, I'm related to someone who worked at that particular hospital, so I was able to get um a good doctor that I would like to see. But the process of you go in. Um, and if it's voluntary, you say, I would like to commit myself to the hospital and they do some intake. They do like a little interview of you and see if they can accept your insurance and all this. Um, and if it's involuntary, you usually the police bring you and I've never been involuntary, but, uh, uh, usually that uh, is a different case altogether. And you don't really know when you're going to be released. That's up to, who they call the coroner, um, not the same coroner that puts the tag on your foot, but uh, the coroner there at the <laughs> hospital. But going into the hospital and seeing the people for the first time is very scary. Um, like, in short, basically, I would not talk to anybody the first few days. And by the end of the whole thing, the healing process had kicked in. And I was actually learning stuff from group therapy that – by the end, of the, when it was time for me to leave, I had started actually leading the group discussions. So it can be a huge range of emotions. But if anyone has to go through the hospital, I hope it's as a good and peaceful experience as the one I had that one time. It's not like in the movies going to a, a mental institution. No, it? no, no. Oh, no, like, uh, no, they don't. They're not going to put you in a stray jacket or in your room unless you're like, <clears throat> Make unless yourself. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if you're like, might want to beat somebody up or something, but <laughs> you, you, no, it's a, it, it's a little more relaxed than you would uh, think. And, um, because it really is, um, your time there to get better and to heal, you know, mm -hmm. And um and hospitals are healing environments, so I think that's why there's the variable of being afraid. And but it's also cool. Like 
as weird as it sounds, it was actually refreshing to be around people who were more like me, um, to be able to relate to the same symptoms we had in the outside world. And I never felt like more understood in my life than being in the mental hospital, as strange as that sounds. But it definitely uh, was a good experience the last time I went. And um, how different was it from your eight-year-old experience to your uh, to when it, you were hospitalized for the third time in 2016? When you were younger, was it more terrifying for you? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, I, of course, I was on the award with uh, other psychotic children, which is. Uh, uh, sad in its own right, but um, I think it, it was terrifying to be away from my mother and uh, my family, and because um, I didn't even like to go to camp over summer, where you'd spend the time away. I didn't like being away from home, so that was definitely frightening for me. And um, the, uh, also, there's other stressors in my life which I probably shouldn't mention, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just not really fully understanding why you're there or what's going on behind the scenes or what you've been given, you know. Just like they give you a pill and you take it and you go off and play with other kids during playtime, whatever. It's it's totally different um, with the, the, my experience in 2016 when I kind of understood the process of uh, – what I was supposed to do to get myself better. Cause there was this funny thing, like uh, in the kids uh, area of the hospital, there's this like, there's this color coded system based on your behavior. There's like red, yellow and green for kids. And like, I don't know, I guess if you like were in the red section, you got some restric- restrictions to, I don't remember what and green, you got some, but there the only thing there wasn't anything like that in the adult area. I think that was just kind of to keep kids um, a little more under control. And you also had school, which was about a couple hours a day. Your teachers would do like modified assignments and stuff. And um, uh, there'd be someone who would like tutor you if you couldn't get past certain assignments. But um, yeah, definitely, it's such a hazy time to be have psychosis as a kid and I'm trying to recall the best I can, but definitely a terrifying experience at that age. Goodness. Um, let's talk a little bit about now your, uh, your medication, having to try different things. I'm sure you went through many through your yeah. life. <laughs> um, you don't have to necessarily tell us what medications you were on, but what was the process and trying to find the right combination of medications to help you out? No, I think this can be like a lot of people can relate to this who's had like severe mental illness, but it's just, I mean, at this point with medical science, we know what would might work best, but again, it's still trial and error. So you have to go through, like you can take a certain uh, cocktail of meds, but have like a terrible side effect from one, but the two are also working great together for your mental health, but then you get like hives or something and then like you have to start over and then there's this great medication that works, but it might lower your blood cell count. And so it's just like, or like, for example, I developed diabetes on, um, 
monthly injection I started taking because I wasn't compliant with my medication. So I had to get off that medication. And there are only three antipsychotics I can take now that uh, won't spike my blood sugar. And luckily, I am uh, do well with uh, two of those. So the process is very, uh, I think, confusing for somebody who isn't too educated in what they're getting themselves into. And also, uh, you can be very sensitive to this stuff, and everybody's different. But if anybody is going to thinking about trying contacting a psychiatrist or getting on medication, don't be afraid about like stuff you read online about the possible side effects because like that are very, uh, very, very morbid because some of those are extremely rare and the side effects that do happen is something you can deal with it and having like a peace of mind for your mental health is better in the long run. So I'm not trying to steer any away from it. It is a very hard and not a quick and easy process. It's not like some physical illnesses where you take a pill and the pain goes away, but it's um, definitely, uh, definitely something uh, like any other recovery. It's just like there are hills and valleys. It's not like a linear up climb the mountain, you know, I, um, I was diagnosed with bipolar 2, right. and that process took over 10 years and oh, many, yeah. many, many different medications, combinations of drugs and all. And finally now I'm on a, a regimen that has worked uh, for about two or three years now. And I'm, you know, it's, But it, it does. You have to stick with it. It takes a while to get that uh, right balance in what you need. That's very true. I mean, she's... And also, as you age, sometimes the medication will wear off in its effectiveness, and you need to get it adjusted. But um, and staying compliant with it is very important because um, sometimes it can take longer to get you back to that state where you're feeling good. Because some people will get off their meds because they feel better, but they get off their meds because the meds were making them feel better and then things get worse again, which I had to learn the hard way. So, um, yeah, it, I'm just mirroring what you're saying. It, it, it is long and it took me many, many years and it's still a process, but it's, it's worth it to get that feeling of peace versus what, uh, the illness in your, of your minds can do to you. How does uh, your mental illnesses affect your interaction with others? Oh, um, I think there's multiple variables, but I think and I can narrow it down. Um, starting off, I think there's the aspect of anxiety, which um, I get social anxiety. I know I don't have terrible social skills, but like thanks to my social anxiety – and my generalized anxiety, I kind of tend to isolate myself from socializing, which um, has dampened my social skills. Uh, also, like having a mental illness itself and living in this kind of unique brain space that not a large percentage of the population does, um, it can be very hard to relate to people or feel the same feelings. I'm not really talking about empathy or sympathy, but I'm talking about just like in daily conversation. So a lot of times it feels like you have to fake it till you make it. And sometimes it's just social interaction is just exhausting (laughs) and scary. And uh, 
just, just don't want to face the world. But I have found friends uh, that understand my uh, struggles and who wants to be there for me no matter what. And um, I think that's just another aspect of, of becoming an adult for me as a young adult is just uh, finding the right people and you understanding them and they understand you and you help each other grow and all that. Uh, you briefly touched on your uh, artistic abilities and how that helps you deal with your mental illnesses. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about your music. Uh, you've been kind enough to allow me to use one of your songs as a theme music for In a City Like Yours. Um, yep. How, why don't you tell the listeners about um, that process and how that really uh, got started? Oh, well, <laughs> well, for you, those that don't know, my um, music is created under the name The Mole People. And, um, geez, that's, I started that when I was like in eighth grade because it was sort of a joke. It, like, it started off, the name started off as a joke. But, like, we, my friends and I were just being goofy and, like, we wanted to, like, leave, um, ransom notes in people's lockers, just something stupid, like leave plutonium uh, by the recess bench at nine, signed like Mr. Rogers. And then like that night, I saw a movie called The Mole People on, and <laughs> I decided to be funny or just assign it to The Mole People. And then so like it kind of turned into this mini uh, little art collective at my school where, um, you know, we had a zine, we had like when Blogspot and blogs were coming around and MySpace, so I started making music as the mole people. Um, high school rolled around. I still did that. I did that with some friends, kind of put out two to, two homemade albums when people were still listening to CDs, as I take it. Um, and then uh, college years, I did a little dabble, but just recently, I just, in the past like three years or so, I just got back into it as a more serious medium and um i never really played live before but uh august 2018 i played live here in shreveport the, for the first time in like gosh like 10 years and uh I, I figured out that like even though my social anxiety was through the roof that like my anxiety on stage just kind of disappeared and that like i was in my element as a performer and performed uh recently the uh, last month january uh, again at the same place and had a blast so um that has been an extraordinary way for me to express myself because music is my favorite form of art uh i listen to it almost constantly i like i even like push through my hurdles uh oh mental blocks uh even problems with my motor skills which have been linked medically to uh schizophrenia and um, <clears throat> even taught myself to sing on key on some parts. So it's all been self-taught. And just um, even like the production of it on the computer <laughs> has been too. And yeah, you know, like there's art therapy out there. And I feel like my music is therapeutic for me. Even if, it, even if it's silly and it's not necessarily about something I'm going through, it just gives me a boost and whatever... I need like confidence or happiness that uh, and the fact 
Oh, what's that? A sense of accomplishment once you've finished uh, an album or a song. I oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And putting it out there and getting good responses is definitely, um, <laughs> definitely another uh, thing that I need <laughs> because I can feel pretty low about myself sometimes. Now, the Mole People is a solo effort, right? Uh, well, yeah, sorta. I have a friend that I play. He plays guitar as good as Jimi Hendrix. Oh wow! And, and, uh, yeah, and he he's done a couple songs with me, and you can definitely tell what songs he's done. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's mostly just me. And if I do have someone else featured on there, other than my friend, I'll just put like featured blank blank blank. Uh, I have a song coming out soon that's gonna have a music video with my friend in France. Um, she's doing the music video, and I did the uh did the uh, words and she did the music and it's kind of like poetry over music, not necessarily rap, but, and uh, it sounds great. I, I, I'm looking forward to releasing that. So be on the lookout, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. What would be your, your favorite song that you've written? Favorite song I've written. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think if like lyrically, I think it would have to be mirror hands and parentheses. I have time. Because I think that was at my lyrical peak when I was 19, and I was still kind of had like this manic highs. I think that's like my lyrical perfect song. And I think um, one of my favorite instrumentals is the one I provided you with. Mary so, Spirits? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It's a great song. I'm really excited to be able to use that as my theme music. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I hope people like it. Um, I'd like to, if with your permission, to go ahead and... Um, add that the other song you just mentioned to the end of the show today. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so people can hear it. Okay. Um, what um, what else do do you have? Um, you said you have P- PTSD, anxiety, and schizoid personality. Is that yeah, right? It's schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type. Okay, and you you said that that's kind of a a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar. Correct. One, I guess. Correct. Okay. Um, anything else you want to say? Um, you know, I always kind of leave any sort of um, public <laughs> talking or performance piece with this message that, you know, uh, you know, you're not alone if you're going through something terrible uh, in your life. No matter how hard it is, there will be another day that will dawn. And people out there that always loved you, and there's people in your life who've always believed in you. And even if you feel like you can't go on anymore, you should at least go on for them because they want you to live your life until it's supposed to end and not when you want to take yourself out. And you can live a peaceful and happy life no matter what. There is help available, and you can be happy.